Hey, it's Kathy. I'm so excited because, drumroll please, doors are officially open to my program, The Abundance Method. I have been wanting to put this program out in the world for two and a half years. I've been working on it behind the scenes, and this is my signature program. This is the program that is going to teach you the method, the framework for how to become a master manifester in your life. Why is that? Because everything is vibration. We live in a world that is atomic. That means the world is made of atoms, which is energy. 99.9% of every atom is energy and less than 1% particle. So in order for us to manifest in our life, we need to become the highest vibe possible and to sustain that. This program is going to show you how to meditate and how to set your day on the right track so that you have a practice that can help you project your amazing energy into the world, which will bend the 3D, which will help you manifest in ways that you won't even believe. This is a transformative live 10-week program. It is designed to help you on this journey of spiritual awakening. It's going to give you tons of tools. I'm going to show you how to change your energy, master the manifestation once and for all, This is the first program of its kind. We're actually trademarking all of this framework because it is something that is so unique. And I think you're going to be so excited about learning it. Also, there are some bonuses right now. If you sign up before May 10th, you'll be getting a physical abundance box. Plus, you're going to get an exclusive podcast so that you can be listening to this program. If you can't make the live Zoom calls, we can give it to you on a track so that you can be listening to it like you do a podcast. Also, you're going to get a pack of 10 meditations from me. And you're going to be getting a training that I just gave a workshop called Permission to be Rich, one of the best workshops I've ever done, which you will love. And there is a platinum level to this program. If you choose the platinum level, not only do you get extra coaching calls with me, you also get extra mentor support, but this is really cool. You also get a retreat included. My retreats are normally $3,000. You will get the retreat for free included. Plus, You will get a front row seat at that retreat because you will be on the platinum VIP track at the retreat. All of this is here for you. I'd love to see you in this program. I want to see you tapping in, turning on to that electricity within you so that you can find your way to the life that you were born to manifest for yourself. You can join us now at kathyheller.com slash join. I cannot wait. Get on in there. See what all the excitement is about. It's going to be so much fun. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. So we just finished Yom Kippur and um, I was really emotional yesterday and today. At one point I just was crying and yesterday I took a walk and I was having this emotional conversation with my dad. And when I, when I got off the phone, I just I just let myself cry and I felt things that I've been shielding myself from feeling. I think for a long time I've been telling myself like not to really need people deeply. I think I tell myself that I'm I'm fine and I've got it and I think I've become really self-reliant, but the truth is that I think that that's part of just protecting myself, which is why I don't want to need so much and protecting myself because I don't want to lose or I don't want to hurt. And um What I've been learning lately about pain and sadness and anxiety is that whenever you get stuck in these like spinning thoughts or in some like compulsive behavior or something that's like not feeling good, it's usually because we're avoiding the feeling that's underneath the thought. And so um, I saw this wonderful artist, Beth Evans, she posted something and she said, sometimes crying and being sad feels weak but there is a quiet strength in being vulnerable and feeling those hard, difficult emotions. You are quite strong and brave to be dealing with it. And I just want you to hear me say that, like it's not weak to let yourself feel. Emotion literally means energy in motion. So it needs to be felt in order for it to sort of like flow through and to be released. So, as hard as it is, um, I'm learning to feel what I'm actually feeling and stop running from it. And I invite you to do the same if you can, even for a few minutes every day, just to come home to yourself. 
you've been so strong, so strong, and you don't have to be that strong all the time. It's okay to feel it. And maybe like me, you'll notice that there's some like armor or some protection that you can put down. Maybe you don't need it anymore. Maybe it's not actually protecting us anymore. Maybe it's actually hurting us. I don't know. So I can't believe it, but a couple days from now, it'll be literally one month until my book comes out because my book will be in bookstores and on Amazon and everywhere books are sold November 12th. So if you haven't already gone out and pre-ordered your copy of Don't Keep Your Day Job, please order it. I can't even count the amount of hours that I have spent making this show and writing this book, but I do it because I care so much about seeing each one of you finding that flow where you feel like you're living life on your terms and showing up in the world, offering all that magic that's inside of you. And so if you found this podcast valuable, it would mean the world to me if you would go pre-order the book. And I have a few amazing pre-order bonuses. This is our last big finale of bonuses. So there's a lot of cool stuff. If you pre-order one book, I'm going to give you a link to all of the songs of mine that I have played on the show and all my other albums as well. So by pre-ordering the book, you're going to get like my favorite 15 or 20 songs of mine that I've played on the show and a few others. So you'll, you'll get a link to download all those for free. And then there's a couple other cool bonuses. If you go to don'tkeepyourdayjob.com slash book, you'll see all the details, but I want to highlight a couple of them. I know that the thing that everybody wants is really just a one-on-one session. But as you can imagine, when you have tons of work and three little kids under the age of seven, it's almost impossible. Not to mention my hourly rate has been a lot just because I barely even have the time to do it. So it's very scarce. Um, but what I've decided to do is do some one-on-ones for those of you who buy a certain amount of books. And then you can buy a bunch of these books and you can give them to friends and family. You can donate a few to a local library. You could donate a few to a book club, to a local high school, to any creative organization or college and start to share this message. So um, if you want a one-on-one session and you want the details on that, feel free to DM me on Instagram at kathy.heller or yeah, just email me um, hello at don'tkeepyourdayjob.com and say, I want the details on the one-on-one session and we will book as many of those as we can possibly fit this month only. So I've never offered that before, but if you want it, do it. Um, but if you want it, get in on that now. Also, December 8th and 9th, I am throwing a party at my house, a party to celebrate the book launch as well as the holidays. So December 8th, there'll be a party here Saturday night. And then all day at my house, December 9th, I'll be doing a one day mastermind workshop. If you want to be in on that, the cost of admission again is buying a certain amount of books. We will only have room for about 50 people to do it. So it'll be first come first serve, just like the one-on-one sessions are first come first serve. If you want to be in on this special, special treat, then go ahead and ask for the details. You can email us. You can send me a DM on Instagram. We'll get you the details and we will get the first 50 people um, signed up. And again, it'll just be in exchange for buying a bunch of books. If you haven't already bought your one copy, please go ahead and do it. There's other bonuses being offered, including a 90-minute Ask Me Anything session and a two-hour workshop that I am doing in a couple weeks on how to quit your day job. And I can't believe I've never yet done that workshop, but I'm really excited to give it. So that's another bonus for buying um, books. And you can find the details at don'tkeepyourdata.com slash book. We'll also put the, the link in the show notes. All right. Now... On today's episode, we have two awesome women, Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsek. They are the hosts of the Almost 30 podcast. It is a top-rated lifestyle podcast about wellness, entrepreneurship, spirituality, self-development, all these topics that I think are really, really right in line with things that we talk about here. Their podcast is a hit. In fact, they have over 12 million downloads, and they have interviewed awesome people like Gabby Bernstein, Sophia Amorosa, Carly and Danielle from The Skim, 
and I will be on their show very soon. So definitely subscribe so you can catch that episode and all the other incredible conversations. Their podcast has blossomed into a brand and a media company with a beautiful community all around the world. And it's no surprise that they've been featured in Nordstrom's A Thread, Entrepreneur, Brit & Co., Chalkboard Magazine, and BuzzFeed. Lindsay and Krista are super genuine and honest and just so kind. It was a joy to spend this amazing time with them. So let's get into it. Please welcome the spectacular Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsek. Ladies, thank you so much for joining me today, Krista and Lindsay. I'm so excited to have you here. I have a feeling that most of my audience is familiar with the Almost 30 podcast, but whether they are or not, they are in for a treat. So thanks for coming along today. Thank you for having us. Yeah, we're so excited. So let's talk about the Almost 30 podcast and what made you guys come together and what made each of you want to start this incredible show. Yeah. So almost 30 started, you know, as a conversation that Lindsay and I was having about the transition from our twenties to our thirties, I felt like I wasn't as equipped for quote unquote, the real world as I would have thought. Um, I didn't really know how to manage finances. I wasn't sure how to do my health appropriately. This is a time in, in your life when you feel maybe more lost than you have before. Uh, you don't know if you should go for your dream job and take a risk, if you should travel, if you should stick at your job, save money, do your side hustle. You know, there's just a lot happening. Right. Yeah. And when Lindsay and I met, I was actually going for my dream at the time, which was to be a soul cycle instructor. And I auditioned a few times and after not getting it, I started to take lessons on the microphone. So I went to a voice coach because during my auditions, I noticed that I wasn't comfortable on the mic. So through those voice lessons, I got a lot more comfortable, but I didn't, you know, end up getting soul cycle. But Lindsay was a soul cycle instructor at the time, and um, it was really great that we connected through that. And then we had these amazing conversations wherein we felt like we couldn't be the only ones. And I have a huge podcast fan. I have been for years and years. So I was like, can we start a podcast? And then after six or seven months of ideation and trying and um, recording, you know, stuff that will never see the light of day, we launched the podcast about three years ago. Yeah, uh -huh. it was just a really, you know, important time for us to be with another. Like in New York, there is this mentality of just kind of putting your head down and grinding and getting ahead. And there is this sense of like competition in a weird way. So when I met Krista, I really felt the power of leaning into another person and to connect and be vulnerable and have these conversations. And I all of a sudden felt a little bit better about like the chaos that was going on in my life. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, we just wanted it to be a larger conversation because if we were feeling this good about just talking these things out and trying to navigate together and ask questions of people who have been there, then, you know, we could help a lot of people. Yeah. It's so cool. And it's so true. What is personal is usually very universal. So when you think about that and you now have this huge audience. What are the biggest pain points of your audience? What are the biggest things that you feel your audience is struggling with? Yeah, so our audience is mostly women between the ages of, you know, 20 and 40. And it's funny, there's a few universal things that I see. The one thing is regarding finding their soul's purpose. So I think we as women have an understanding of our role in the world and we really want to find that soul's mission. We really want to find what we're here to do on this earth. And the women of our community are born seekers. So they really want to find whatever tools, resources, or things can make them feel like they are on purpose. There's also health-related things, you know, hormone health, and anything related to the female form in that way. And then the last thing, a commonality that they have is a, an increasing desire to explore their spirituality. And that for me, you know, comes off as the topic of spirituality, but really drills down to knowing themselves, finding out who they are, how they exist in the world, and really seeing themselves from that third person point of view so that they can really feel connected and on, you know, again, on purpose to exactly what they're doing and who they are. Mm, so beautiful. Yeah. I, I've seen just like a lot of unlearning happening and we've been doing the same thing and, and it's really beautiful to see this community. And I, I can expect that 
most women of the world have this inside of them, if not all, like this wild woman that really just wants to be free and express herself and be loud or be in her body and express what is true to her heart. They're excited to be weird. They're excited to go out there and do what they've always wanted to do. They're excited to like tell people how they really feel. Mm. You know what I mean? And it's liberating not only their spirit, but like also their physical body. I think women are so intuitive. And so a lot of us are manifesting these emotional pains into physical diseases in our body. So it's just really beautiful to see people healing on a physical level and a spiritual level. Gosh, those words from both of you are so life-giving and I'm not surprised why you've been so successful because you're both very down to earth and real and brave and you're really holding space for some of the most important conversations and the way you articulated that, that is everything. So I love that you've created this and you've done such a great job at creating this. A lot of people have ideas, but they don't necessarily take off. What do you think are some of the reasons why your show has really gone the distance and resonated and you've created such a huge connected community. What do you think is some of what's allowed that to happen? You know, I think for us, when we started, we didn't even realize exactly what we were doing when we were doing it. We just knew that the conversations that we were having, people needed support on on what they were hearing. And for me, coming from a small town in Ohio, Lindsay's from the East Coast, I know that if I was hearing about meditation, about all of these deep, intense topics that we talked about in my hometown in Ohio, I would feel maybe even more alone because I would know that I have heard information or my path is changing or I am changing and and evolving. So it only felt right and natural that we started to create these spaces to support women on this journey. And it comes from a true heart space of like the actual genuine knowing of what that is like to feel alone. And then a lot of our sustainability has really been because we took it seriously and we put an episode out every week. No matter what, we would make it work with our full-time jobs. We would record at night. We would take on weekends. And it sounds really sterile when I say that we were strategic about the growth and the business, but we were. And we wanted to create this beautiful foundation for what it was going to be. And I do feel like we were divinely led. There was something in us that really, really, really drew us to do all this work because we did it for, you know, eight months unpaid. And then we made like $200 and, you know, two years (laughs) until we could really quit our full-time jobs. And now it's just been an insane growth process. But I think that has been, you know, the reason for a lot of it and our ability to create those communities. And really early on, we were wanting to meet our community. So we were really unafraid to like come out from behind the microphone and connect with, you know, at first the small audience that we had, but we really wanted to hear from them. We wanted to see them and meet them. We didn't want anything to be between us and the community because really the point of the show is to learn right along with everyone. So we didn't want to kind of sit on our little hill mm-hmm. and look down on everyone and and act like we've, we know more than them. So um, I, I do think that the in-person connections was a secret sauce to our early growth because, you know, 30 people would come out for a soul cycle ride and meet us. And then those 30 people would probably tell five to 10 friends, Oh, I met, you know, Lindsay and Krista, I love this podcast. And then it would grow from there. And now, you know, we're on a world tour and we're like selling out cities that we've never been to in our life. Mm. But when we go, the funny thing is we meet these girls and they're like our friends. You know, I think to just our ability to be vulnerable on the podcast yes, is such totally. an important part of why the girls feel so comfortable meeting each other mm-hmm. and creating community where they are and then, you know, meeting us and just feeling so comfortable to share and connect. Yeah. It's incredible what happens when you don't know where the next three steps are going to take you, but you have this earnest desire to lead even when you're not sure. You just know where the intention is coming from. And then you dive in and you put in that work. I want to go back to a couple of the things that you had shared that your audience is really hungry for, which was 
the sense of more purpose, finding their soul's work. We talked about also spirituality and, and coming into a place where they're taking better care of their health, as well as this feeling of being who they really are and this wild side, letting it really be born. On the show, you've interviewed incredible guests. What comes up for you that you feel has been some really good nuggets of wisdom to help sort of quench the, the thirst where, where those questions and those longings have come up? What are some of the things that you guys have learned along the way? When I think about you know finding your soul's purpose or feeling more aligned or that you have a purpose and mission, you know I think that there is a idea that this will just come upon you, but there's so much work and attention and pain and beautiful things that happen along the process, but it's work. Like this whole thing is intense, real physical work that we do, but it's also a lot of personal work. And I think that, you know, eight years ago, 10 years ago, when I first started my spiritual practice through meditation and, and a few other things, I didn't realize how long it would take for me to actually reprogram my brain so that I could actually see the positivity. I could see the path. I could be okay with where I was. I could let go. I could really trust that I was being led. So with our, you know, our guests and, and through the podcast, the people that we've had on, there's the common thread in a lot of their journeys that they're never there. You know, from the outside, we see them, we're like, wow, they've won Oscars, they've won Emmys, they're millionaires, they've done all these things. We're like, oh, you're there, you're pretty much good, you could go live on an island for the rest of your life. But they see their next goal, their next thing, they are not really seeing themselves as completed or done, and they are also going through a transition. So the understanding that life is full of these various transitions and we're never really stopping, once you reach a goal, you create another one, um, is something that's you know, inherent in human nature is really important. So to counteract that, it's very important that you are very present for the process and the journey so that you can be a part of that. And you could see when you have hit goals that you are proud of and that you can be, you know, a viewer from the outside of what's going on within your life. Yeah, that's very true. And I think about um, just a, a few guests come to mind. Uh, we interviewed Susie Batiz, founder of Poopery mm-hmm. um, and Supernatural, and she's just incredible. And, you know, when she got the idea for poopery, it was like her whole body lit up, you know? And I think for me, I've really learned the importance of your body always knowing, you know, really listening to your intuition. I think I grew up kind of having a few voices that were like, Hey, are you sure? Like, Oh, I thought this was going to be how you were going to do it. Maybe you should do this. Cause that's a little bit more safe and guaranteed, you know, just always like chatter. And so I've really had to unlearn those like immediate doubts and second guessings. And so the way I've been able to do that and talking to some of our guests, it's like, you always know, you know, there is like a literal physical reaction to something that you're passionate about, someone that you fall in love with, or something that like is not for you. Like your body will tell you, your heart will tell you. And if you can really like pause to tune in, you will have the answer. You know, Mm -hmm. you don't need to go to the gurus and read a hundred books and do the program and this and that, although those things are amazing. I just think that we sometimes distract ourselves with all the stuff instead of tuning in to what our heart and body is actually telling us is the answer. Yep. That makes sense. And that's beautiful. There are people who would listen to what you just said and feel Again, this feeling of self-doubt come in, you know, this idea that, you know, you were saying with Susie Batiste and, and Poopery and like everything in her body lit up and you just know. And I think that that is so true. And then I think what happens for some of us and really for all of us, as soon as we feel that, then there might also be some shadow work that comes in like, well, I know I feel lit up with my whole being when I think about being a visual artist and, you know, doing watercolor or whatever somebody wants to do. And then these thoughts come in like, there's no room for me to do that. There's already people doing that. How would I ever make money as a visual artist? And so a lot of people are second guessing and really stuck in that place as opposed to taking action. So what would you say to someone like that? In those moments, and I have a lot of them, but in those moments, like asking myself, like, how old do I feel right now? Like when I am doubting, when I am inserting all of the roadblocks and excuses and all the things, like, how old do I really feel? Because like you said, the adult version of Lindsay 
it lights me up. Like I can do it. I can totally do it. And then for me, it's like the 14 year old Lindsay is like, yeah, but there's so many people doing it. And am I even that good? And like, I don't even know if people even like it. You know, there's just all these things that come up. So for me, it's having a conversation with that version of myself, that age, you know, it's just like, yeah, you had this working against you, this working against you, and you had these people in your ear and you had that experience. Like, I don't blame you. Like, that's really scary, but like, I'm in charge right now. And like, I'm here for you, but like, let me lead here. You know what I mean? Like just like separating those thoughts. And it's just been really helpful. Like I didn't actually think it would work, mm-hmm. you know, but it works. Yeah. I think that that makes sense. This idea of like, we're going to look at what we're dealing with thoughts wise and notice that this might be coming from an old place. And there's a part of you that had every right to be scared then. And these are some old survival skills. And now you don't have to necessarily let that part of you lead. You don't have to know that every, every thought is not a fact and all of that. I think that that feels right for people listening, but I think they're not really sure still what to do. What kinds of steps would you tell a person to maybe try and do to, to start to get clarity that this is possible? I think for me, the most important thing is meditation. So I do completely agree that most people are like, oh, you know, there's a lot of people doing that. I shouldn't do it. But I don't know if people necessarily know that that's the person who's driving and that's the person that's in control. And meditation gives you that ability to play with those thoughts, feelings, and emotions that are not you. So throughout the day, you know, you have the thought, I am not enough. I am not smart enough, thin enough, pretty enough. You know, I'm not worthy. But so many people have those thoughts running and they think that is who they are. So the identification with those thoughts as is, is the most important thing. And your ability to differentiate between you as the soul, as the person that is worthy of experiencing what you want to experience in your heart is different than what you have been taught when you were younger or reinforced as you got older. So I think the very, very critical part about that self-doubt conversation is your ability to view yourself from the outside and your ability to notice those thoughts and feelings. And that's really the first step for me. It may take a long time. Like it took me maybe two years of meditation or maybe a year. And I know everyone's like, oh God, I don't have time for that. I understand. But to actually see myself as the third person and identify those thoughts as feelings as passing, as situational, as coincidental, whatever, and that those are not me. So I think that third person view is the most important before you set that tone of worthiness for your dreams, for your goals or whatever. Yeah, that's really, really true. Recently, I mean, I've been in therapy on and off since I was 15, but recently I started seeing a cognitive behavioral therapist and what she's teaching me is really in line with Danielle Laporte's work and Gabby Bernstein's work, which is, you know, you have an intrusive thought and it starts to make you feel anxious. Your anxiety then looks for like some kind of certainty. And then you have some kind of like compulsive, like thing that you think that you're going to do to get yourself out of this sometimes. And then you just go back to more anxiety, more intrusive thoughts, all of this stuff. And what I love that Danielle Laporte and Gabby Bernstein both say, it's really similar is like, how do you desire to feel? Choose the thought that makes you feel that way. And when you first hear that, you're like, that's not a thing. And then people don't realize that the way we feel is a magnet for the way we live our life and the way people Mm -hmm. feel around us. And we absolutely have control over that. There's always, 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 always a way to say to yourself, how do you desire to feel right now? What is the thought that leads you back there? And that is our work. And no one teaches you that in school. So now we're all walking around in our 30s and 40s and we're like, why do I feel like crap all the time? It's because your thoughts are feeding you. Yep. Yeah. 100%. Completely. I think to the space thing, you know, when I think about people who say they have a a dream or something that they want to do, it's like they don't create space for it. And I also feel like a little bit, it makes me frustrated because people say that they want this, but their actions don't line up with what they're saying that they want. They won't get off their phone. They won't stop watching Netflix. They won't change any of their habits. They won't add better practices to their life. They won't think about doing the work. It is work. And so when people say that they want these things, I have compassion. There are tools, there are resources available, but also it's like, you don't really want it. If you're not going to make any change to your life at 
all, then what you're saying is not aligned to what you receive because you're not actually doing the work. Yep. And the number one reason really behind that when I talk to people is that the reason they're not doing it, because ultimately a therapist explained this to me years ago, everyone actually has what they want, right? Good one. So the bottom line is the reason why maybe you don't have this other thing you're saying you want is because what you want more than this thing is to not be in pain. So what you've decided is like, well, let's say I do want this dream of being a soul cycle instructor. Why am I not taking action? I'm afraid I'm going to go in and audition and look stupid. I'm afraid that I'm going to go in and get rejected. So I'm not going to do anything because I keep saying I want this thing, but what I really want is actually to not be in pain. So my actions are going to be in line with what I want more, which is to not be in pain. And when people are feeling that way, it's really about like they don't want to be hurt. They don't want to be rejected. Let's reframe that. How do you deal with that? How do we reframe that process of putting ourselves out there, getting rejected? Because yeah, doing anything is not for the faint of heart. Yeah. After a while, like I've been pursuing acting and in the acting world for since I was young. And so I've been rejected most of the time, uh, <laughs> you know, and, it, and after a while... I was observing so much negative energy around the audition process, like kind of putting it back on the casting director and whatever. And very early on, for some reason, I realized I was like, oh, it's really not about me, actually. Like as long as I was prepared, as long as I put myself out there, I was open. I just gave it my best shot. And that goes for your career, that goes for love, that goes for friendships, that goes for everything. Like I just feel so good about showing up fully. And if I do get rejected, most of the time I like laugh in a weird way. I'm just like, okay. Like every rejection kind of feels like I'm being like pinballed back to, okay, this, then this is my path. I truly feel like I'm just being divinely guided. And I'm like, oh, I didn't get that second call back for that job. Not for me, but like the sooner that you can accept that, and kind of be like, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. You are going to be whiplash directed in the direction of something that is truly for you. And so I think if people attach themselves so much to each rejection, I mean, yeah, you're going to feel so heavy. You're going to feel hopeless and you won't, won't be able to clearly see what is for you. So I do think you know, there should be more playfulness around putting yourself out there and being rejected because it is a fact of life, you know, and it is a part of how we grow and how, how we are then directed to where we need to go. 100%. And I've seen that with so many of our guests, so many of the most successful people, you wouldn't even believe that they, they didn't plan for this. Like they planned a whole different path. They got rejected, got rejected again, and then they kept getting led to this other thing. And now it looks like it's so perfectly, you know, created. And it's like, no, 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 this is what the world told me. You know, this is where I was led. This is what the flow was from the divine energy. Let's go into a deeper dive on your show and your community because you really have done something that only few people do. And so when you started to see it gel, what do you think people could understand better about this when they're thinking about starting their own blog, creating a podcast, creating a community when they're creating content? What are some of the best practices there? I think one of the things, you know, that we do naturally and, and, and you do inherently through the podcast is supporting others. And I think that is the quickest way for you to get supported, traction, eyes, engagement, whatever it is that you want to do um, by supporting others. So by having people on our show, we are inherently supporting them in their business. We believe in what they have to say enough to have a conversation with them. With that, we are sharing their message, you know, to a broad number of people. And then with our community, we do things that, you know, aren't aren't monetized. Like our ambassador program, which is, you know, all over the world, we help them create community where they are by providing them tools, resources, guidance, uh, conversations with us on how to better support the women and men of the community where they live. We're, you know, probably not going to make the goal to make money from that, but the sole intention is good and it is rooted in our overall mission. Yeah. And just to add to that, just the consistency, you know, if you're going to be putting out content, 
you really want to build trust with your audience so that they will show up every week and hear what you have to say and share. The thing about like creating something so personal and putting yourself out there and something that you're so passionate about and love it, there will be resistance. And I do think when that comes up and I've had it my whole life, it's like, you have to take that as a sign that you're doing something right, you mm-hmm. know, and, and there will be a way in which you can really rise above it and observe the resistance and be like, I see you, but like, I'm going to keep going here. You know what I mean? Like just knowing that that is not your highest self, right? Like just seeing that as something that will always come up and hopefully it'll become less and less intense. But um, I think the consistency also just gives you confidence for us to say that we've put out an episode now, two episodes every week for three years, never missing a week. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just, it builds confidence. And so I think showing up every single week, even on the days when you don't want to, you have to show up to create the shit because one day, and hopefully more consistently over time, you will create these beautiful masterpieces that you are so proud of. Mm-hmm. Showing up so important because if you only showed up and did the work on the days that you felt really good about it and you felt inspired, you'd probably work two days a month. You know, there's not every day where we're like, yeah, here we are. This is our dream. It's like we go up on the days where we feel like shit, where we don't want to do it, where we got bad feedback, where we're having an issue with our family, whatever. And we do it, you know, because we want to stay busy and we want to stay in the work. And that's not staying busy doing stuff that's mindless, but it is really important that we keep our heads down within the work. And then the momentum builds with that. Yep. And, and I think that people appreciate hearing the bitter and the sweet. Was there ever a time where you were like, I don't want to do this anymore, or I'm just feeling really low? How did you push through it? And what was definitely, that? Yeah, we've definitely had days where we feel really low. There's never been a day where we're like, should we just end this? <laughs> but I mean, we get a thousand good reviews and two bad reviews come in and we are on the floor. You know what I mean? So like truly this is a ride and the highs are so good. The lows are what they are. I don't think they're so bad. I just think like, you know, trying to find that middle ground as often as possible, you know, not like being too attached to the highs, not too attached yeah. to the lows and just being- I've had a few of those really bad moments where I'm just like, what am I doing? Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. We had a, a situation where someone that we knew um, gave us feedback and it was, it just was a moment where I'm like, damn, I suck. You know, like, I'm just like, oh man, that sucks. Like everyone hates me, you know, that whole thing. But Brene Brown, you know, really helped with that. You know, the Theodore Roosevelt quote that she references about being in the arena and you know, a lot of the people that talk and write their reviews, like tell, tell everyone that story, if you don't mind, because it's a good one. Are you talking about the day she's like reading all of the reviews on her Ted talk? Now I'm telling it. I'll, I'll go back to you. you, you No, no, I'll just say the first part. And then I want you to take over. Basically she did this Ted talk, which everybody knows wound up being heard around the world. She then saw that someone put it on YouTube and then she was like, oh my God, it's on YouTube. And then she read all the reviews and she basically gave herself the flu because all these people were like, oh my God, this woman's so overweight. Oh my God, who is she to talk about this? What an idiot. But like all of this stuff. And then tell, tell everybody what you were just saying about the Theodore Roosevelt thing and how she then came across that. Yeah. So it's interesting too, because within that story, her shame attraction was about weight. She was very insecure about her weight, how she looked. So when those comments came up, it was almost like, ah, there it is. And this is exactly what I thought would happen. I I should be done. I should go under the covers. Um, But then she found the quote by Theodore Roosevelt. It's called the man in the arena. And it talks about like how the critic is not the person that counts. It's the man that stands in the middle of the circle with blood all over his face, who really, really puts himself out there to make a choice continually to be vulnerable and show up. That's the only opinion that really matters. If someone is not in your situation, hasn't made the same decisions as you, doesn't know your full story, then they can't really speak to you and shame you for how you feel or how you show up. I heard a really good one, which is don't take constructive criticism from those who haven't constructed anything. Ah, bye-bye. There you go. Wow, 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 wow. See ya. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and and it is, it's amazing how, you know, I, I heard Seth Godin talk about this where he was like, if you have the bravery to put your hand up and be willing to lead, that's not because you have all the answers. That's not because you uh, have a certainty that you're perfect. No, that's why a leader is 
a person who we look up to because they're saying, I'm having the courage to take this hill. I don't know what's on the other side, but I'm going to lead you up this hill. I'm going to take it and I'm going to show up anyway. And that is what leadership is about. It's, it is imposter syndrome. You don't have certainty. So that's why we should look at people. And that's why I think this, you know, if I look at the two of you, it's like, it takes major courage. So as we're wrapping up here, I, I just want to like ask you guys like one other thing, because you, you hit on it. You talked about how one of the things that for your audience is really key is this feeling of unlearning right? And really becoming this person who's in alignment with really who their soul was made to be. What are some of the things that you've taught your audience to unlearn so that they can wake up and feel like themselves? I guess the first thing that comes to mind is unlearning that that initial fear is really not me. And it's not as big as I think it is. And it's not as true as I think it is. It's something deeply programmed into my body and into my brain. And with any unlearning, I'm just being really kind to myself, you know, because I think it takes consistency and time and practice to actually unlearn it. So I think it is that recognition of that younger you just kind of coming up and being scared and being insecure and that younger you that quote unquote doesn't know, but I mean, you've lived a life, a pretty grand life thus far. So many experiences like up until even just 30 that like you do know. Mm -hmm. A lot of my unlearning is related to things that are very beneficial to me, but then could be very detrimental. And it's that I need to be successful or produce or create or be seen to be loved. And I need to find a way to be successful uh, for anyone to want to spend time with me, to be with me, to be friends with me. So there's a lot of that, you know, the unworthiness that I have to just exist and just be and just live and, um, and not feel like I will be alone or not feel like I will be unloved. 100%. I think that's a huge one. I think that we don't feel deserving. I think we apologize for yeah. what we want. You know, I'll ask people all the time, what do you want? Um, yeah. You know, I just, it's just, if I could just like, it, it has to be small. Like I don't need a 5,000 square foot house. I just like hundred grand would be amazing. Like, I don't even know if I need, I don't even need that. I don't, as if like you're doing me a favor. Right. Yeah. Um, and really to me, it's the opposite. The yeah. learning to receive that is like one of the greatest selfless things you do. Cause the more you let that in, you're in this higher vibration. You're giving people around you this vibration where they get permission to actually like show up and have and take care of themselves. And this is what people think is like, unless I've given every cell of what I have, please don't give it to me. I didn't earn it. You know, important insight. So as we're signing off, I know that you guys have so much going on. You are on tour. You have a podcast. You have um, resources that you help people if they want to create their own podcast. So tell us where we can find you and where we can learn more about all of that. Yeah. So in general, uh, we're very active on Instagram at almost 30 podcast, but yes, we are on tour. We started a, a world tour last year and have continued into this year and are so excited to just meet more uh, of our community and just kind of spread the word and have these deep conversations. So you can find out more on almost30podcast.com slash tour. Uh, we also have retreats coming up in the new year again. We just did our first retreat in Malibu. That was an incredible experience. So we're excited to, to have more opportunities for people to be a part of that. And you are podcast pro. Yeah. So, you know, Lindsay and I started three years ago and we learned the process really from, you know, on our own. We didn't have the resources, support or anything to help guide us. And we really wanted to help people do that. Podcasting has changed our life. It's my favorite medium. It's where people can really hear and find their true essence. And we wanted to support people creating podcasts. So on yourpodcastpro.com, we help people monetize, grow, and start podcasts. We have resources, digital courses, all of that kind of stuff. Almost30podcast.com and then your Y-O-U-R podcastpro.com. Amazing. Okay. Yeah. This was so great. Thank you guys so much for all of this beautiful work you've done on your own that has allowed you to share all this wisdom and thank you for having the courage to start this show because it's it's created a ripple effect that's really changing hundreds of thousands of people's lives 
Thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure and I feel it's like a great way to start our day. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh my gosh. What a cool conversation. Okay. Here are the takeaways. Number one, life is full of transitions. We never really stop. So be present for the process and the journey. Number two, listen to your body, your heart, your intuition. You always know. Number three, talk to the version of yourself with the self-doubt and say, I'm in charge right now. I'm here for you. Let me lead. Number four, every rejection pinballs you back to your path. The sooner you accept it, the sooner you'll be whiplashed in a direction towards something truly meant for you. Number five, when you're doing something you love, there will be resistance. Take that as a sign that you're doing something correct. Number six, show up consistently to create the messy version. It's the only way to get the masterpieces that you're proud of. Number seven, the critic is not the person that counts. It's the person who stands in the middle of the arena with you. That's the only opinion that matters. And number eight, you are worthy of being loved. All right, let's put you in the spotlight with your wins. Michaela posted in the Facebook group and she said, Hi everyone, I'm a holistic health coach and a singer and I just launched my website, thelifegrand.com. I'd be so happy for any feedback. I also started writing articles and newsletters for a health food store. I booked my first gig as an inspirational speaker and will be hosting a workshop in connection with the speech. Also, I finished my first six-month coaching program with my first client. I worked my last shifts at the day job and today I am at the airport moving abroad. It feels so crazy writing it all like this. I couldn't be more grateful and excited about the fact that the life I dream of is starting to manifest fest. I just wanted to say thank you to this community, Kathy and the podcast for always keeping me going. All the best to all of you. Michaela, you're such a go-getter. I'm so impressed at how much action you're taking and look, look at the results you're creating for yourself. Congrats on leaving that day job. And I'm so excited to hear more about your next chapter abroad and whatever else continues to unfold for you. You are truly manifesting your dreams into reality. And I think this is so inspiring for everyone listening. So thank you for sharing. You can give Michaela some love. Her new website is thelifegrand.com. Okay, another win. Diana posted in the Facebook group and she said, I'm scared and excited to be doing this. It's not perfect and I just started it, but I'm putting it out in the world. My business Instagram, at Diana, your travel sidekick. I'm a foodie, a graduate from baking and pastry arts and your travel sidekick. I plan travel itineraries and give custom food tours in Philly, New York City, and LA. For me, it's not just about the food, it's about the overall experience. I want everyone to have a great time in their travels, step outside the box, and try something new. If you're ever in any of these cities listed above, come take a tour with me. So far, only LA-specific dates available. Peace and love, and thanks to this wonderful community. Diana, this is so cool. I love this idea of being a travel sidekick and taking people out of their comfort zones and bringing them into these new experiences that they maybe wouldn't find on their own. If you guys want to take a tour with Diana or you just want to say hi, go check out her Instagram. It's at Diana, your travel sidekick. All right. Well, if you have a win that you want to share with us, you can post it in the Don't Keep Your Day Job Facebook group or DM me on Instagram at kathy.heller. Kathy's with a C. You can also just say hi because I respond to every DM. I know it's crazy, but I do. So you can always just reach out to me there. And if you are interested in the private one-on-one coaching sessions that I'm offering this month only, if you're interested in coming to my house, December 8th and 9th, remember that all you need to do to get in on that is to reach out to me either at hello at don'tkeepyourdayjob.com or on uh, Instagram in my DMs. And I will tell you exactly how many books you need to buy in order to have a one-on-one session or come to my house for that mastermind session and party. Um, you won't need to pay any money. You just need to buy a certain amount of books and you will be supporting us, supporting the show, helping put the message in the world. And um, I think it's a great deal. So if you're interested, come and write to me and I'll get you in. We have so many more conversations coming up. I just interviewed the one and only Brian Grazer. So make sure to subscribe to the show wherever you listen so that you can be hearing all these cool things as they come out. Leave us a rating and a review because it's always fun to see what you guys are thinking and how you're feeling about what content we're creating. Another huge way you can support us is share the show, whether it's this episode or another episode. It doesn't cost anything. If you heard something here or in another episode that really resonated in your heart, tell someone else about it because maybe it'll open their heart and maybe just like it fired you up, it'll help them take action. It'll help them change their life. And together, we're going to keep creating this amazing wave of people who are shining this beautiful light, becoming who they are and adding such goodness to the world. 
I also want to give a shout out to my amazing producer, Emma Kikuchi, because it was her birthday yesterday and she's such an incredible human being. She's easy to work with. She's kind. She's smart. She's generous. And I just want to wish her the most amazing year ahead. Thank you, Emma, for being everything that you are and for standing with me shoulder to shoulder in this journey. You have added so much. I'll leave you with a song. Have an amazing weekend and I'll talk to you on Monday.